0: What up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Patilano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, investing,
1: with an emphasis on real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode, Achieving the Three Freedoms with Pedro Montesino.
0: Guys, we're really excited to bring Pedro on. Full disclosure, Frank is business partners with Pedro on a separate venture, but Pedro has one of the most amazing come-ups stories in in our local area and we're really excited to have them so pedro welcome
2: i'm glad uh to be here with you guys <laughs> i'm uh i'm a fan of the cash flow kings and definitely you know my, my grandmother says uh, tell me who you're with and i'll tell you who you are so if, i love if, that if you guys are my friends that means i'm right there with you <laughs> love that
1: so, Pedro is right now at an undisclosed, out-of-state location, and uh, uh, he's not in a different part of the world right now. He's still in the United States, but he is very much a world traveler, and uh, with everything going on right now, that's not happening as much. But he's, I mean, Pedro, in the first three months of the year, how many countries did you go to?
2: A lot, but he's undisclosed. Come on, guys. I'm in New Jersey right now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, we're, Everybody's quarantined up, but... Uh, yeah, so far the, the the year's been crazy, and but um, I think when the year started, we had like well, like a good three three months and two weeks before everything shut down. Uh, I think Jan- January first, I spent New Year's in Tokyo uh, with my girlfriend in um, Shibuya Crossing uh with with a whole bunch of people and then the next day we went to south korea and That's then awesome. we went to uh and then a couple days later we went to taiwan and then a couple of days later we went to the philippines visited some of our team so guys the, the pause
0: group. the pause in between pedro telling us where he went is actually him flipping through his passport right
2: now right <laughs> checking checking all the yeah. stamps so so I I the year started. I went to Korea, then to Taiwan, then to Cebu, Philippines, and I, we spent a week in Cebu and then I went back to Japan and Then my cousin came by from Dominican Republic because he wanted to visit me in Japan, and then from there we went to like sixteen countries back to back. That's I know that incredible. would that would sound crazy to uh to anybody who's trying to stay away from coronavirus right now, but before then we we thought it was more gimmicky. We were like ah yeah it's like uh it's like the swine flu you know it's a whole bunch of um a whole bunch of propaganda let's 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 whatever let's still take our world trip and then we literally you know visited like 16 countries and then we came back home everything shut down we were super surprised
1: so you made it um, just in time uh the best picture that i saw or video was you skydiving in dubai Yeah, over the Palms Islands.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it it was uh, it was crazy. It was nice to top it off uh, like that. Originally, when uh, I sat down through Skype or through WhatsApp with my cousin, we were figuring out where we wanted to go. Um, He definitely wanted to go to Dubai to finish off, but it ended up being with him: Japan, Korea, Philippines singapore uh india the taj mahal then from india we went to istanbul turkey from turkey athens athens italy italy berlin germany berlin germany to um in berlin was when i spoke to you that you finished up the syndication
1: deal oh nice yeah
2: yeah and then from berlin to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Paris, Paris to uh Geneva, Switzerland, Geneva, Switzerland to Spain, Spain to Egypt, went to the pyramids with them. And, awesome. and Egypt to Dubai, Dubai to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. And then I spent like a like a so, week there and then I came home. So that I mean, is that is all amazing. But so
0: what what we're interested in too is like, how do you get there? Right. Because I think it's incredible that you, you have the, uh, you've built a business where you can travel the world, still generate that income.
1: How does some, where kid, did you start? How did some kid that grew up in Providence, Rhode Island with, with almost nothing, who was hmm. working part time at Lowe's, how do you go from that to, to doing what you, what you do now?
2: I use Lion uh, line property management. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a plug. I appreciate the plug. It's a plug. <laughs> it's a plug. Uh, but uh, no, uh, seriously, um, I started off, I always knew I wanted to uh, do business. You know, every high school student goes off uh, to their guidance counselor and they ask them what they kind of want to do. And in high school, you know, I thought I was going to do engineering and all this whatnot. I went to CCRI and in the community college, I ended up finding out I didn't like engineering. I studied a little bit, and then I got a job. And then I said, hey, I really, I don't know if I could do this for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. You know, I was like, I really don't know if I can, you know, just clock in for 40 years. And then I, when I was working at Lowe's at one point, you know, I was selling grills like hotcakes just to get entertained in the garden section. And then I sold more grills than anybody else. And then I remember there was a position in Lowe's called like sales specialist where at the time they would make a small commission. Maybe it would be like one or 2%. but. I was making like nine something an hour. So it would have been cool. And then what they told me, that it didn't matter that I sold all these grills. Like that uh, based on company policy, they couldn't switch me from any position within the first six months. You know what I mean? So so then you know what I proceeded to do? I proceeded to sell nothing. I proceeded to just do what I needed to do to keep my job. And then um, I kind of noticed that You know, I, I needed to do um, my own thing and it it took a lot of trial and error. Uh, There was some businesses that didn't work, but that's, that's part of the, that's part of the process.
0: Yeah, man. I I think it's incredible how um, the corporate culture really deters the entrepreneurial mind. I mean, where I came from, I can remember the first year at the financial institution I worked for. I traded my own IRA and I made a 44% return day trading because I was so bored with my job. And they told yeah. me that I needed an Ivy League degree and a CFA to go downstairs to compete with the big boys. Meanwhile, yeah. I tracked all their returns. Nobody was even close to that, right? Now, I know what I was doing was a little bit different, but I was, I was so turned off from putting in that time and just kind of sitting and waiting. Like you sold all those grills in your first six months and they're saying, nope, we can't do anything. So you found a different avenue to kind of put that entrepreneurial energy.
2: Yeah, I think uh, sometimes you know they they don't know how to get the most out of uh, you know in employees, or maybe you know the position is not meant for somebody with uh, that type of mentality. It's cookie cutter. So, yeah, it's 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 a bit more cookie cutter, which is fine. You know, I have uh, an uncle that that works in Lowe's. He's the one that was able to get me the job. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he works fine there, but I'm saying, I I wanted to see what else was out there for me. You know, we were born in America, supposed to be the land of opportunity. And I wanted to, you know, um, I wanted to see what we could do, especially I know that um, business is unlimited and then I've, I've always been an avid reader Um for like self-help books, business books. And I had read The 4-Hour Workweek. Yep. And The 4-Hour Workweek is a book that's written by Tim Ferriss. It's a really good book. And it's all about lifestyle design. And it really changed my paradigm in regards to what was possible. Because before then, I read it when I was like maybe 18, 19. Before then, i really thought that the only way to go about the situation was how everybody in my family went about it just like either go to school graduate or don't go to school at all and just start working in between the ages of like 20 and 65 uh, that's kind of like what you did and you you buy a house and and then there's tim ferriss saying that you can you know be diving in thailand you know, and spend less than four hours a week on on your business, and run it with virtual assistants. And then I was like, "That sounds cool." <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, we wanted to uh, give it a try. What ended up happening with uh, with me was, I think that you you change what you see depending on what you're looking for. I'm yep. sure that you know if you got a new truck, if you got a, a, a new car or if somebody in your family has a new car, like, like you start seeing that car more often. Yeah. But it's not, it's not because that car is more, you know, it's not because that car has been bought more the moment that your family member bought that car. It's just, you're just noticing it more everywhere. Right. So Absolutely. I think that the same thing happens with opportunity. So once you're tuned into it, You kind of start seeing opportunity everywhere, especially if you have uh, a business mindset. So one day, my uncle, he had moved from Dominican Republic uh, to the United States, and he didn't know any English. So he was calling me like five times a day to resolve his issues, um, you know, over the phone, whatever he was doing. He could have been doing anything. And uh, I was getting pretty annoyed with it. Um, and then that, that went on for a couple months to a point where I, I didn't even want to pick up his calls anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I imagined I was like, hey, there's so many people that don't speak English in the U.S. that are immigrants. So uh, a, a friend and I started a service called Amigo Interpreter at the time where we had a 1-800 number and we would provide over the phone interpreting services. That's awesome. And then we tried that out. We went to the local radio station, the Spanish radio station over here in Rhode Island, it's called like Latina 100.3. Um, the DJs were super cool. They let us on a morning show, and then we promoted it. And some people uh, were calling for like over the phone translations, and then a lot of people just called to go to you know court and to go to immigration, and then going to those. Um, meetings, I noticed that I could, you know, translate for US immigration and translate all types of documents, which brought me to uh, my current business. So
0: I think the most amazing part about this is that people like really overanalyze where to start. Right. And I'm I actually had to Google to see who, who wrote this, but I, I was thinking about the quote of start where you are and use what you have and do what you can. Right. So yeah. because your uncle immigrated to the United States and he needed to help with translation all of a sudden ding ding here's the idea and I think it's really cool that <clears throat> you didn't spend thousands of dollars on marketing to launch it you, you bootstrapped you went to the local radio station and and made the business viable and continue to build from there
2: and I think I told them I was broke and they were actually respect they actually respected me for it you know so, so
0: like, I, I think that is one of the coolest things about entrepreneurship there is so much power in the truth and just being open and honest with people and too many of these gurus out there today tell you, oh yeah, go take the pictures in front of the Lambos and tell them you're this business <laughs> consultant. do lo- No, be real. That, and I mean, Pedro, you just told the story about how you were real and it got you to where you are today. And that's how I've had success in business personally too. Like I'll get on the phone with the clients and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell them what they need, not what they want to hear. And I think that that's really important. It sounds like that was a pitiful Pivotal piece of your journey on the come up,
1: Pedro. How many um, different small business ideas do you think you had in that time? You know, uh, are you saying you were just like one, and oh my God, you automatically made money, or what? Oh no, not
2: at all at first. (laughs) Oh my God, it it, it takes. There was so many misconceptions that I had when I started that, at, at when I look back now, it I take. I take what we know now for granted, but there's so much stuff. Like when you first start out, especially want to do something online, you think you need to do something revolutionary. First off, I just wanted to make money to pay my bills and like not work ten hours at Lowe's like a a week while I went to school. Like I thought I needed to, you know, re you know, reinvent um, the wheel every time. Reinvent the wheel. I thought I needed to, you know, have this app. Where, whatever. But the reality is that, um, you know, uh, it's, I read somewhere in IRS documentation that like 85% of the people make less than like $100,000 a year, right? So um, I, I thought to myself, I was just like, you know what? If I could make, even at the time, if I could make an average salary, but make it on my terms, that would be mind shattering for me. So um, I know that there were a whole bunch of businesses that currently exist where I didn't need to reinvent the wheel where I could see kind of like more immediate results in my life. So I've, the, the moment I started focusing on what existed already, and trying to master that. I'm sure neither of you invented real estate or property management, but it's profitable. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You just got to take it and make it your own. Yeah. So I, I, in the beginning I was way too focused on being revolutionary and new, like my version of what, like, uh, you know, because there's this Hollywood version of the entrepreneur where every single one of them develops something new and cool. And, uh, sometimes not really there's, you know right i don't know no, i think so. there's a
1: few different versions of the entrepreneur some of them seem like this evil mad scientist megalomaniac yeah <laughs> and other ones just seem like that normal guy that always has success you know? so i
0: think one of the one of the really important things that you just covered was time freedom and this ties into three freedoms but yes. i know that i had a bunch of people ask when i quit my cushy corporate job and got into property management i took less of a salary in the beginning now i'm above uh, two three years out but i'm well above where i was it takes time but that trade-off of having the time freedom to be able to hit the gym at noon time if i wanted to or Ooh, be able to yeah. be able to go see my dad at 3 p.m if you know he wanted to grab a cup of coffee with me like yeah. that level of time freedom is huge In in the corporate world if i wasn't in my cage 10 12 oh. hours a day i'm in trouble like i wasn't they had gyms in the building i wasn't allowed to go to the gym i get yelled at by my by my bosses asked me where I was well I'm in the gym that you guys put here for me to use no that's not okay right um, so my goodness yeah. I, I think I, I think that that's a huge part of uh what you're working towards telling us about but but time freedom is there is so much value in that
2: yeah um I, one time um when I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do I applied for an incubator called Beta Spring in in Providence Providence, and they would would listen to like your pitch and your business idea and at the time uh, I was working with uh, that service still Amigo interpreter and I was trying to market it to, um, you know, I was trying to market it more to hospitals like because I knew that they needed medical interpreters and it could be used over the phone. And I was trying to pitch it to them, what they thought, and they gave their genuine um, feedback. And they said, uh, listen, hospitals, at least where you're at, you know, uh, is a lot more complicated because you have so many high-level decision makers and there's so much regulation. Um, Why don't you think of something where the decision makers, like, on a lower level in the hierarchy, right? Um, and that helped me out a little bit. And, um, uh, another guy also said, listen, think about, you know, he was, he was talking about how everybody is just dreaming about business just for the money. And we kind of think about our happiness afterwards as a given based on, oh, if I make this amount of money then then I'm going to be happy. But there's a ton of people that make a a ton of money that aren't happy at all. Right. So he he sure. he kind of said, you know, start with the lifestyle that you want to lead, and then and then kind of start eliminating businesses. Uh, use process of elimination to arrive at a business that you actually love. So that's that's the process I take now, in regards to my theory for three freedoms. What is three freedoms? Three freedoms super simple. Is time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom. In regards to my professional life and how I lead my life on a day to day basis, those are my professional tenants, right? Yep. So I call it anytime, anywhere with cash. Right? So basically <laughs> I like that. I, don't, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. That's so I, like I if you know, if you're gonna you know, if you're going to be like, hey, Pedro, you want to go to Colombia and and place a date? If I don't go, it's not because I don't have the money to go. If I don't go, it's not because I can't ask in my job uh, and they won't let me go. It's because I either have some other important thing to do or I don't feel like going. But at least I have the liberty to, right? Right, right. So, um, I, when I started analyzing business like that, I was like, okay, great. So. You know, I want a business that I could run from anywhere, that I have total control of my time, and um, that will make me money. So I, I, it, it, I think when you achieve that, you have this force multiplier where the, the lifestyle you can lead with, a, with any given amount of money just becomes multiplied. So, for example, if, um, if how much. Frank, you would know this more, how much does an average teacher make in, in Rhode Island public schools? So uh, if they're
1: not top step, let's say uh, $60,000 a year.
2: Okay, cool. So let's take a salary of $60,000 a year. If, if you have, you know, I'm sure that people who are teachers, they have one, a passion for the subject that they're teaching, a passion for working, with kids or other adults to teach them, et cetera. But the reality is they gotta be there, you know, nine to five or, you know, we all know teachers put in more than, than just the eight hours of the shift. Absolutely. Right. So um, there, there are some people that wish they had total freedom over, um, over their time. And as an adult, you know, you can really i don't know what the appropriate word for this is you could really stunt on other adults by saying you wake up whenever you want like that's the new <laughs> that's that's the new stunt when you were a kid you brought you brought a lunchable to to class and they were like Whoa, oh you're cool or like <laughs> you're 16 and you've got your driver's license and maybe you got a car and you were like the coolest one if you're an adult and and you know saturday and Tuesday feels like the same day. That's that's stunting for me. Like that's like, how did you do that? So seriously, um, um, what you wake up when you want. Like you wake up when your body's done sleeping, not not when you know you have, not because you have somewhere to be for a particular place. I think that's amazing. So um, I'm, I think that uh, focusing on. Your lifestyle is great. You can run your business from everywhere. Like I was living in Japan for like six months, you know? So I think it's really cool that even, even if somebody was able to achieve a teacher salary of 60,000 a year, when they add the complete time freedom and then the complete location freedom, they could be like, Hey, I want to go to Medellin and I want to live there. Like Currently, if you check your U.S. passport, you could live in Colombia for 90 days, visa-free. You could rent an Airbnb in Medellin or in Cartagena or in Cali. Or if you don't want to be in Colombia, you could be in in, in Bali or you could go to Spain. Some people right. want to go their whole life. Oh, I want to go to Italy. What if you could live in Florence? You know what I mean? For For, for a whole 30 days and run your business totally the same. And it not be affected at all. Which is incredible. So um, I I think that's what I kind of strive for a little bit.
0: So are you able to share a little bit like the transition between, all right, you launched uh, Amigo Interpreter up and then at some point you were able to transition and travel the world. Like, what did that look like? What what were the stages along the way?
1: So the name of your new company, by the way, is
2: MontesinoTranslation.com. Yeah, so that um, that transition was painful mentally because I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you a real story how I was making like not even $10 an hour 10 years ago. You know what yep. I mean? And then I was working uh, like 10 hours a week and I, w- I didn't have a car. Uh, I I lived off... Obviously, for those who are not from Providence, Rhode Island, they won't understand. But I lived off like Broad Street, where Broad Street and Elm Elmwood divide. Yeah. And I yep. I used to walk from there to the to the Lowe's all the way in in Cranston, even if it snowed, even if it rained, or anything. Um, and uh, so it's a couple miles, and I was uh, I was. I was only making with my business, but for me it was so much. It was like, I was like, wow, I'm making three hundred dollars a month at the time. You know, it's, so, a it's a start. You know, it's a start. But you know, I was paying for a room. You know, just a room in a house for like two twenty five, and you know, I've got a Straight Talk mobile phone from uh, Walmart for thirty five bucks, um, and then I was. When my business was making like four hundred, I was still afraid to leave my lowe's job because I always thought it was just like guaranteed, you know right it was so like I really had with heavy withdrawal symptoms from what I thought was guaranteed, you know yep. so um I looking back at it today, I kind of laugh, you know because one, the, the amounts are trivial now in comparison and the, the mentality's totally changed where I, I don't even see myself like clocking in anymore, you know, but I didn't know when you think about it too much and you sit down and you're like, where the hell's all the money going to come from? And you have no idea. Right. Yeah. And, and where's it going to come from every month, month after month, you know, But that's just what happens. Um, so Uh, I had a problem with the mentality. I think a lot of issues that happen with entrepreneurs, business people that start is it takes a huge shift in mentality to go from working for a paycheck to just self-employment. Forget about business ownership. There's a difference. There's a difference between, you know, uh, being self-employed and being a business owner. That's a whole nother thing, but just, just transitioning, uh, uh, the menta- the dependency mentality, was huge for me. And um, but once you're once you're done going through the barrier, uh, you 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 don't go back. It's like you don't forget how to ride a bike. You don't forget how to drive a car. It just feels uh, supernatural. So, what do you think helped you most to get through that barrier? Reading, reading, <laughs> reading, and writing my goals over and over again. And like entering into my subconscious mind that I could do it. And it was natural for me, even though it wasn't natural at all. I was scared. Like, I love that. I love so, that. So, uh, yeah.
0: You, the, the thought you triggered for me is like, I honestly, I fell off the horse a little bit for the last six months. And I've just gotten back on and I've gotten back into reading. Um, but the big one that I haven't gotten back to is writing down uh, 25 affirmations a day. And I felt like even through some of the the personal struggle that I was going through when I was writing my 25 affirmations a year, two years ago, man, I was, I was still chugging along. Like, because you set that, you start out early in the day, you write down those affirmations when you wake up and uh, that just gives you that added momentum and fuel to keep pulling you through.
2: Oh man. I used to print them. I used to put my goals up. I used to print them. I go to the library, whoever had a printer. I used to put one uh, at my, in my bedroom door put one in the bathroom, put one in my front door before I left the house. So Dude, like subconsciously I I'd have to look at my goals, whether I wanted to or not. So like, even if I went to the kitchen, like, Oh, there's a magnet with my goal. So, like whether I wanted to or not, these goals were going to enter into my subconscious mind, and when you start looking at them at first, they seem kind of weird, but then you repeat them enough to yourself, and you you kind of run propaganda on yourself and they seem they seem um, you know more attainable i I always so believe all, in all about yeah, that law of attraction right yeah, but it 's also about execution, so I like mixing yes. them. Both, because I'm not gonna just stand here and be like, I want to be a cash flow king like you guys, and then not read about real estate, you know, right. and just med- meditate and have the property come to me somehow. Right. So.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Step one: visualize. Right. Figure out what it is yeah. you want. And I love that you put it all around the house. And uh, I'm actually looking up above my laptop here, but I printed out my uh, my departure letter when I left my corporate job, um, and I leave that there as like a reminder of like this is why you work so hard because you don't want to go back there um i think that those reminders are huge of like hey this is this is what you're committing yourself to go achieve and then that's going to push for their action like you said um gary vaynerchuk one of his famous quotes are that ideas are shit and execution is the game and that is so true execution is waking up and taking that action every single day
2: yeah and uh, but i think that having the goal gives you a reason to live you know, like yeah. if, if, they, if yep. they said that you weren't going to achieve it, no matter how hard they tried, like you, you'd lose that lust for life. You yep. know, like, so I, I think that that was pretty important. Um, uh, Reading. Um, What else was really important? Obviously, executing, even though you didn't know, you know, really how to do it. And I made a ton of mistakes and I'm sure all of you have made a ton of mistakes when you wanted to figure something out. But that's, we only learn in the doing. Taking so right. action helps you grow. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Are you going to lose some money? Yeah, but you're going to get so much smarter. Like the first call that I got for translation, I had run some Google AdWords ads, you know. I didn't even have a 1-800. I didn't know how to set up phone systems. So how did you I set had, up Google AdWords? Well. I, I just started, you know. You figured it out, right? I figured it out, man. They, I, didn't, I just had they a, didn't teach you that at CCRI? <laughs> no, I just, I just had one keyword, you know. I no, I, I, focused, I focused on it. And then I had one website as a one-pager. The phone number that I had on my website was a track phone that I bought from Walmart because I had my straight talk phone that was for me. And then I bought, you know, I didn't know how to set up phone numbers for like we do now for the virtual assistants and all that stuff. So like, I got a track phone. It was a four hundred one number, and uh, I, I was with two phones. People thought I was selling drugs in school and whatnot. Cause they're like, "Why well, you have two phones?" <laughs> they're like, Kevin the Gates, the one's a burner, right? So, so uh,
0: I th- this is so cool like I just find it so cool so uh I don't want my previous comment to come off as I was bashing on community college or CCRI because I spent two years at CCRI as well and honestly it was like eye-opening right so I can remember my second year there like I'm going I was working at Target from 7 a.m till 3 p.m and then going to class 4 to 10 at night four days a week and uh it was brutal and I kind of had like the same it wasn't until later that my eyes kind of opened, but I was like, man, this is a grind. So a grind. when you tell like this bootstrapping story, you're at Lowe's, you're going to CCRI, you're walking to work and you're trying to like build it.
2: But I'm on a rip bus. Listen. Oh, so like I run Google ads. I didn't even know, you know, if it would really work. And then I, like I'm telling you, I was in downtown Providence on a Riptabus. bus, you know, it's making it stops. <laughs> people get off people get on i'm in the back and i'm running these google ads and then somebody calls my track phone and it's ringing and i'm like oh my god and i and i pick it up and i'm like thank you for calling my casino translation how may i help you and there's this indian guy right and he's like hey can you translate this and uh can you translate gujarati uh because I need to translate this for us immigration. And I'm telling you at the time I've been to India a ton of times now, but at the time I didn't know what the hell Gujarati was. Gujarati <laughs> was like Klingon to me. Like I didn't, I never heard of the language in my life, but you know what I said? I said, yes, we translate Gujarati, you know? And then I, I gave them, I gave him a price. The moment I was able to get off, uh, you know, the, the bus, I sent him a payment link through, through PayPal. And he was like, I need to translate two birth certificates. I'm going to, you know, pay you for one. If you do a good job, I'll tomorrow, I'll, uh, I will send you the other one. So what did I do? I started to call like all my Indian looking friends, <laughs> racial profiling. <laughs> and <laughs> then I was just like, listen, like, cause I Googled it immediately in Gujarati. Is from India. Is from the state of Gujarat in India, right? Um, and uh, the, one of my Indian friends was just like, hey, if, find anybody with the last name Patel. They're all from Gujarat. And then I had I known this, this kid uh, in CCRI. His parents owned a liquor store in, uh, in Cranston, you know? And then uh, I called him up, and then I was able to get that translated and that, that was is my incredible. first incredible. Yeah, and that was my first translation and but guess what I took it on a rip the bus on a track phone. So I, I you know from from then on I was just like whatever I felt like a boss. I felt like I got off like um I got off Shark Tank and I got a deal or something like because I love that. It, because it, just the realization that you can have the blueprint in your mind and have a hypothesis of you know, how you think a business is going to work and actually proving the hypothesis. Like I felt more happy if, if for that $25 at the time on that riptabus than I do. If I get a couple thousand dollars from one job, you know, it's not the same, you know, I'm sure your right. first real estate deal or the first deal you made, like you've realized that it was real. Hell yeah. Now you can do a huge deal and it's like, Oh, another one, <laughs> it's, you know, it's so that's, that's what's up. Yeah, man. No, I
1: feel that. That I first that. burger that you have uh, when, you, when you're hungry is much more important than that seventh burger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so let's see. Let's do some of the questions that we do with everybody. Um, <laughs> if someone wants to become a better investor, what, what would you recommend?
2: I would recommend getting around better investors. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm around you guys. You you learn by, through, uh, what do they call it? Osmosis? Like, there's there's nothing good you're going to learn from somebody who's not good. Like, I don't know, people, positive people attract positive people. Good investors attract good investors. Hungry people, hungry for life people attract attract that all around them. So, uh, yeah, you should definitely read. And get around people with the same mindset. So I have to make a comment about the
1: hungry people thing. Uh, Full disclosure, uh, Pedro and I own a business called realagenthelper.com. We have virtual assistants. And Pedro, real quick, like within one minute, just tell the story about how that started and how people are not hungry in this world.
2: Uh, Yeah. So one day we, I think I might have gone like on my Instagram because I was in Thailand and I was saying, oh, I'm going to show you guys how to start a a business online for, like, less than $1,000 a month. And, um, you know, only, what, like, two people showed up? I think three people
1: showed up for the free training the first day. Now, Pedro has a successful business, and he was going to show other people how to do something similar. The first day, three people show up. A week later was the second training. Two people show up. And then but the week it was after, good information. Like, course, it was it, great information. Know? I took tons of notes. I still have them. The, yeah. uh, the third week, it was just me. And he's like, hey, you want to start a business? And I said, heck yeah, let's do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how it worked out. So people, I think now with with modern technology and uh, it's, it's, it's more of a human capital game at least of your basic expenses and stuff like that, like it's, it's, I don't know. It's when, when you're playing a video game and you're on the first level, if, if you, if you made it to level 10 um, going back to level two is like super easy. So I noticed that uh, there's a ton of things I learned launching and expanding in online business that, I have off ideas where, like, I don't need to try anymore to be like, oh, um, how can I make two thousand dollars off a random online business? You know, um, right. it, it, it. So I was just like, I wanted to kind of inform people that uh, they're lying to themselves. They they think they need all this capital to to make money. Uh, they think that they need this revolutionary idea to make money, uh, but it's all a lie. And there's a whole bunch of service businesses that you could start with less than what the federal stimulus check is. There you go. That's so item. true. I love that Diane. Well,
1: you, know? you got people that are sold. Every store is sold out of video game systems. Every store is um, Walmart's sold out of TVs almost. And uh, you know, the price of this cost of a stimulus check, you could start your own business. Yeah, yeah, you it's, can. It's,
2: and it's been and done. like it's 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 so simple and um but it takes dedication. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um so the the first part is being aware of it, the second part's actually wanting to,
1: you know. So next question on our list here, you are one of the most avid book readers of anybody I've ever met. And yeah. what is your one must read book? For what? For investors, to to start to do whatever you want to do to start this game. What's one thing you recommend? Ooh, uh, if you wanted to start a business, yeah. Um, I don't care I, what it's about. It could Be mindset it could be anything.
2: Whatever you say. I really like believe it or not. Um, for for starters, like the realist, the millionaire real estate agent. Like Gary Keller, yeah. Even if you don't even do real estate, it's 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 a great book on how to structure a business. It has some really good theories about advertising, you know, um, and uh, expenses and some human resource management. It's it's a good intro to small business. I also really like. Um, Business at the Speed of Thought by Bill Gates. He wrote it like in 1999, where he's, in 1999, he's predicting the smartphone, a whole bunch of stuff that are going to be happening uh, later on. And he has certain philosophies for business that are applicable regardless of the business that you have. One of them, for example, would be how he's saying that, um, he's saying that, you should give authority to your uh, lowest level employees to refund, you know, Um, even if it's going to hurt the company like financially, because it, it brings attention to the issue immediately because um, if your product's 500 bucks and you notice that you're 500 bucks less, you know, enough times You're going to be like, why are we refunding? And you have more of a motivation to solve the problem immediately than to be like, oh, yeah, we refunded that and keep going because he advocates for um, like a tight-knit organization that has a good, um, not immune system, a good um, nervous system. So he he relates it to how your brain's connected to your foot. And if you're, you know, if you're burning your foot, you immediately get the sensation of pain so you can move it. But if, if you didn't have a good nervous system, there's some people that feel no pain, believe it or not. And, I, but that's I love curse. this. I've
1: never heard that before.
2: Yeah. I've never but, heard this. This is really good. I'd... But it's, it's a curse. It's a curse. If you feel no pain, because right. if, if, you, if you had your hand on the stove and your hand wasn't telling you that it was on fire, like you're going to damage your hand more, but because you have a good nervous system, you move your hand immediately. So this, a, lot, a yeah. lot of businesses are functioning without that nervous system and yep. they're, they're, they have permanent damage because of it. This reminds um, me on a separate note of trust fund babies, you know,
1: somebody that, that hasn't had to worry about things and how they, they have a hard time struggling for success. Um, so last question, what do you want to be when you grow up? How do you
2: see your business and your life five years out? I see me maintaining the the same philosophy outside of the three freedoms. I think that for a life philosophy for me, I work with um, obviously time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom, but I have health, love, and present happiness, Right. I think health is super important because I don't care how much money I make if I'm dying, you know? Right? Right? And then love is important. The romantic love is important. Family love is important. Loving your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, cousin, friends. I think that if you gave me all the money in the world or what I trick myself into saying, if I had this amount of money, I would be so much happier. Even if you gave that to me, but I, I didn't have the love of my friends and my family uh, it would mean nothing to me. So I think that's very important. And present happiness is important because I don't think it. Does, I don't think it matters how much material things you have, or how much business success you had. Uh, if if you, even if you have people who love you in your home, you're all quarantined up and you're surrounded by people who love you. People can always find an excuse not to be happy because we focus a lot on what we don't have. So if, if you're not able to be in the present moment, which is all you kind of have now anyway, um, you won't enjoy life. So I'm really focused on, well, regardless of whatever issue I'm going through, to really enjoy and savor the present, like um, like some really good juice when you got to tilt the cup and, and uh, you see the sugar trickling down. You know, absolutely. So, absolutely. so that, I think that's, that's important to me. Being present is incredibly important. So
0: I, I, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, dropping a ton of knowledge. Um, if somebody's listening in and they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to follow you or reach out to you?
2: Sure. They can uh, follow me on Instagram at Three Freedoms Group. Awesome. So you guys heard
0: it from Pedro. Give them a follow at the Three Freedoms Group on Instagram. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between podcasts, in the meantime, uh, we post a ton of daily content on Instagram under the handle The Cashflow Kings. And feel free to check us out on our website at thecashflowkings.com. Cheers to your success.
1: The Cashflow Kings programs for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.